Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I bring you greetings from on high. I am so excited to be before you today as we deliver another Bible supplement. We have been studying our word, we've been getting into the word, and God has given us these supplements to help us to expand our learning. I am so so grateful to God that he is taking us through this chronological Bible review as we continue to explore the word. I'm telling you every week I am learning something new. God is a great God and he is worthy to be praised. And I do not take for granted the fact that God has counted us amongst those worthy to exceed, to experience, to experience his glory his exceeding glory, his his mercy, and his love in this season. I'm telling you, I want to be counted amongst the number of those who are the remnant within the remnant. Father God, I want to be who you're calling for in these evil days. I thank God. I thank him for my life, my health, and my strength. And before I got on this podcast today, I did a little uh, treatment to my face. My my skin started peeling, and I put some of this, um, uh, what I call my concoction, that I put together on my lips. So my words are, are a little off today. <laughs> I'm not tongue-tied. I'm lip-tied. Uh, so y'all just bear with me, but I'm telling you, stick with us. You're going to receive some knowledge and a word from God. I thank God for each and every one of you under the sound of my voice. And I pray that this ministry will help you to grow closer to Christ. For those of you who are not aware, we come together once a week on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. for corporate prayer. For prayer, we are praying for you and you and you. We are praying for your families. We are praying for your soul salvation. We are praying that God's will be done in the earth. We're praying for our families, for our community, for our workplace, for our schools. We are praying for our nation. We're praying for this entire world. God has positioned us as intercessors to bring forth his will into the earth, his purpose and his plan. My God. And on Thursday nights, we continue with our Bible study I'm telling you, this is it's just a phenomenal thing that God is exposing us to his word. There's nothing like getting into the word for yourself. I say that oftentimes that we are biblically illiterate because we like to listen to our faith favorite preachers. We like to go to church and listen to our ministers and ain't nothing wrong with that, but you got to get it for yourself. You got to get in the word. Can't nobody breathe for you. (laughs) Can't nobody inhale and exhale for you. So in as much as you got to breathe for yourself, you got to get into the word. That is our breath. That is God breathing life into our spirit by his word. Amen. All right. So from now on, I want y'all to get in the word and it ain't about memorizing all this stuff. The pressure that that the modern day church has put on us. 
to try to demonstrate to others that we are in God's good graces or we are meeting their worldly standards that they've attached to God's will. It ain't about all of that. Ain't nobody trying to quiz you on what you know. But I'm telling you, the word of God is real and it is alive. And as you get into the word, your life will be changed. All right. Now, I could go on and on and on, but I got an assignment for today. I thank and praise God. We're going to talk about it and we're going to do a, a review of all of the things that we have learned. Uh, over the last few weeks as we have been coming together. I'm telling you, I, I love getting into the Word. We've talked about the creation and Adam and Eve and their love for God and how they walk with Him and they had God's identity. They live with Him walking side by side. My God, my God, in the greatest place on earth designed exclusively exclusively for man, my God. And we talked about the fall, the unfortunate fact that, you know, they did sin. They allowed iniquity to get into their hearts and and they sinned against God and God brought the consequences. But through his loving kindness, his mercy and his grace, he still yet gave them a redemption plan. My God. (laughs) Oh, my God. My God. What an awesome and a mighty God we serve. Then we talked about Cain and Abel their children, who I say took after them. And most of the time, our kids do. You know, that child that that we have the most level of contention with is the most like us. <laughs> I can tell you, me and my father, boy, oh boy, man, oh man, we did not uh, get along for many, many years. Uh, we, we just continuously bumped heads. But my grandmother would always tell me, and she knew better than anybody because she raised them and watched me grow. She would always say, y'all just alike. (laughs) The reason you and your daddy don't get along is because y'all just alike. And I'm telling you, I lived it out. I had to raise a couple of me, you know. So anyway, Cain and Abel, just like their mama and their daddy. And we learned that. And then we talked about, let's see, we talked about Noah. We talked about the flood and how how God uh, saved and, and, and delivered and how Noah was a righteous man, even though he was an alcoholic and had anger issues. This is my own sanctified assessment, okay? Uh, he got some, he has some issues. <laughs> but anyway, we talked about it and we walked through it. And next week, we're going to talk about Job. Job, what a wonderful story. Uh, about his faith and God's trust in him. I'm telling you, I want to get to the point where God trusts me. Now, I ain't trying to have uh, 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 Job smoke. What they say, I don't want no smoke now. Uh, but but what an awesome, awesome story uh, of faithfulness and, and love and trust in God. But anyway, <coughs> we learned about God and his love for his people. And we learned that the Bible does not change. The Bible is real. And the thing that I tell people is that I believe God. I believe God. And I believe in Jesus. And you cannot change my mind. 
And if Jesus was real, everything that he said was real. Everything that he said was a fact. And if he said that the word of God was real, guess what? It was real. All right, so we know God created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the garden, and and life was wonderful there. Can you imagine living there? Uh, They had everything that they needed, and check this out. They didn't have death. They didn't have no sickness. They didn't have weeds or or insects. They the the work that they had to do it was easy. It was pleasant. I talked about um, how when we were growing up, my mom my mom used to have flowers out in the front. She used to have her little flower beds, and and my father he had a garden, and and they would it would be therapeutic for them uh, to. Uh, to um, tend to uh, their their garden and the things that brought forth life. And I could just imagine when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, it was just probably refreshing for them. It, It probably didn't even feel like work, okay? And so in the garden, the weather was perfect and there was no sin. There was no sin. There was direct fellowship with God, and there was absolutely no conflict. Come on now. So can you imagine a time where everything was just perfectly placed in the earth, and you ain't have no worries? It wasn't no problems. The weather was great. You know, the closest thing that I can imagine in my mind is my experience when I went to Hawaii. Uh, uh, and, and I'm so grateful. I'm telling you, God has been good. He's been so good over the years. It was a year I, uh, my son had gone off to the military and they stationed him in Hawaii. And, you know, my mama, she was my girl. Now she was my, she was my, uh, road dog. She was my travel buddy. And, uh, I would get that girl sometimes (laughs) Last minute, Mama, come on, you want to go, you know, here and there, and she would go. And uh, I believe she loved it because she liked to show people, look, look at look at what my children are doing for me. She was proud of each and every one of us. But anyway, we had gone to uh, Hawaii to visit with my son, and I took my mom and my mother-in-law, and we had a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time. These women, I'm telling you, I thought I was young, but I realized I was only young in age. These women outdid me. They were up every morning at the crack of dawn coming, knocking on the door. Come on, let's go, let's go. I had to get to the point where I was like, oh, well, y'all could do something together. <laughs> I'll pay for it. Y'all do it. But anyway, it was a wonderful time. But when I think about Eden, the closest my mind can conceptualize that is that experience in Hawaii. My God, my God. I mean, the weather was perfect, even when it was raining. It was so funny because the rain was a mist. It wasn't even like, you know, pouring rain. It was just like you walked into a shower and, and just that mist of, 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 of water was hitting you in the right uh, areas uh, of, of, of uh, Hawaii because it would be hot, right? So you needed that mist. So anyway, that's where my mind goes when I think about the Garden of Eden. But, but we know what happened. Satan, you know, he hated God. He hated God and he wanted to destroy 
the wonderful relationship that God had with man. He is a saboteur. He wanted to sabotage what God had. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I'm sick of us getting defeated. I'm sick of these demons coming and sabotaging what God has established for us. And we want to sit around and be milly mouth and forget that the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent taken by force. Come on now. All right. But anyway, this old dirty demon, he hated God. He hated God and he wanted to destroy everything that God created, especially the relationship that God had with man. He knew what God had commanded. He already knew it, but he encouraged Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he entered into a serpent. He entered into that serpent and he spoke to Eve. Sometimes I wonder how, you know, those things occurred. I was talking to my son the other day, and we were just reflecting on just our understanding of the Word of God and how uh, the people of the Old Testament, uh, you know, you if you're, if you're uh, reading about their traditions or their lifestyles, you, you would mistakenly believe that they were behind the times, that they had uh, lesser knowledge than we have today. Uh, But my son was pointing out the fact, he said, you know, they had to have a superior uh, level intellect just by their experiences, right? Some of the things that they experienced, we'll never experience in the earth. And our minds just cannot wrap around it. But they were there. <laughs> they were there. They experienced those times that we were just reflecting on that and how God even walking with them, how God exposed himself to them. See, we have the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. But there are some things that are not necessary for us to experience because we have his spirit dwelling on the inside. And there were some miracles, there were some signs, and there were some wonders that God had to allow them to see because without seeing, they would not have the faith to believe. There were some miracles that God used exclusively to grow the faith of his people. And nowadays, the Holy Spirit just convicts us or whispers in our ears or tell us who God is. My God, we experience him in a different way. But anyway, uh, I just thank God that uh, he allowed those who walk the face of the earth to walk physically with him in the earth. But anyway, we know that the enemy was a liar. He was a liar and uh, he wanted to hide who he really was. That's why he came in the form of the serpent. And don't get, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. He came in the form of a wise serpent. They said that the serpent was amongst the wisest of the creatures that were created. He's very methodical. He is very, uh, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? The enemy is extremely shrewd and he's strategic in what he does. He didn't just pick any old, you know, creature to get inside. He got inside of that serpent. And so he used him and he spoke through him. 
and he lied. Uh, And he wanted to make what God established as good bad. How many times we deal with that, folk? Try to everything God put in us to do. Every good thing. Here come these little demons trying to make it look bad. My baby going through a situation right now where these little sabotages are coming. Trying to sabotage what God has established for her to do. And they want to try to shed a negative light. But we came against that sabotaging spirit. And I stand today trusting God to turn that situation around. I remember back in 2008, 2008, I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me to start out a prayer line. And I started the prayer line and and I began to pull a lot of people into the prayer line. And when I tell you, we were seeing miracles, signs and wonders. and, And I started getting busy with life. Over the next maybe two, three years, we were we were going strong with the prayer line. It was building up, and, and, and then people started to taper off. I started getting busy. I stopped doing it. And maybe a couple of years ago, God had placed on my heart. Now, now throughout the years, I still was carrying on the prayer line, but not to the extent that I was back in the day. And so God had... Uh, uh, commissioned me to start back before the family, for the family. God said, and, and, and when I tell you, when I hear from God, I hear clearly, I hear clearly, and I don't speak what I don't believe that God said. Now, sometimes I could be wrong, but this thing I knew God said, I knew God. And let me tell you, I came under so much opposition So much opposition, little sabotaging spirits were trying to shut down what God wanted to do for the family. But here I am. No, I'm not going to say nothing because folk already act like I got an attitude. (laughs) I'm going to keep it to myself. They doing this and doing that. And one individual, I just had to tell him, I said, look, why? I just want to know, why are you doing this if God is saying that we need to go in this direction. Why are you trying to counteract what God has called me to do that you don't even want to do? You don't even want to pull the family into prayer. And you know prayer is what we need to progress us through. And so this individual said, well, I ain't trying to steal your thunder. I said, okay, I can't talk to you no more. You, you don't even understand. I'm saying cut it out. Stop going against what God has called us to because what's going to happen is God wants to move in this family in this season. And if you continue to sabotage what God has called for this family, those who God wants to touch the most will gravitate towards you and miss what God has for them in in this season. And sure enough, it happened. Another individual in the family started going around telling folks, don't, don't get on her prayer line. You don't want to get on her prayer line. And I knew it. I'm telling you, everything in my spirit and discernment was telling me that this individual was speaking against me. But I just didn't know it, know it. <laughs> the Lord led somebody. I believe they were, you know, probably a little tipsy, a little tipsy, you know, because they were free with, with information. 
and just telling me everything. And I'm just sitting there listening like, ooh, that devil is a liar, this demon. You better get saved for real, for real. You better ask God for deliverance because if you continue to come against what God has called for this season and this family, you will eventually reap what you have sown. And what was so horribly sad about the situation was that this particular individual, their family was the most in need of a breakthrough. Come on now. But you allowed the enemy to use you to go around and sow discourse. So anyway, why did I go down that path? I don't know. But I wanted to talk about that sabotaging spirit. We got to get control over that thing. He was evident in the garden. He started even back in the beginning. That demon got kicked out of heaven. He said, look, I'm going to go into one of God's creation and I'm going to screw up his creation. But the devil is a liar. God did not allow it to be so. You know why? Because God's word is true. And no matter what folk do, no matter what they try to do, I want y'all to get this for real. What God has for you and what he has for this world, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It doesn't matter. Some, some will be delayed, but I'm telling you, I declare even now, even now that those who were misled by these individuals in the family, that came against the structure and order of God, I declare and decree that they won't miss nothing, that God will bring them into the promise that he had back then, and he will expedite his glory over their lives. In John 8 and 44, the word of God said, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. That means he, in the truth, that means he was a liar. Because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh from his own. For he is a liar, and he is the father of it. Come on now. The enemy is the father of lies. When we are operating in that sabotaging spirit, and when we are operating as a murderer, you want to kill what God has established. You are the son of Satan. My husband took me, <laughs> he took me last night to a, 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 a place called um, SOB, SOB. And the name of it was Son of a Butcher. And they were trying to do a, a play on words. But anyway, it was a nice restaurant, beautiful uh, five-star uh, upscale restaurant. And, and he just told me, he said, baby, what you want to do tonight? And we had a little impromptu date night. It was beautiful. Now, I didn't like the food <laughs> so much. I Well, I liked the uh, Brussels sprouts. They had some good Brussels sprouts, but... But uh, it's tearing my stomach up. <laughs> I had some trout and 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 uh, they had some um, El Gratin uh, potatoes and and you know I I like mashed potatoes. I'm not really into scalloped potatoes. But anyway, it was it was the good was oh I mean the food was good and it was okay. 
Uh, but uh, the ambiance was just so beautiful, and they had a live singer and, you know, everything, live music. So so it was nice. It was beautiful. But anyway, uh, you know, the, the, the enemy, the enemy is a sabotager. And so because of that, because he wanted to sabotage, he asked... Eve, he asked her a question about God's command. He wanted her to doubt what God had said. And Eve replied that God said not to eat or touch the fruit. So that means she knew what God said. But that was not... Hold on. Because she knew what God said, And because of iniquity, we see even in the scripture, because I was going to say she knew what God said, so she told him what God said. But actually, she said, God said, do not eat or touch the fruit. But God didn't say that. He commanded her not to eat the fruit. So she added to God's word. That was her first mistake. Well, no, that wasn't her first mistake. That was one of many mistakes. Her first mistake was entertaining this demon. <laughs> See, a lot of times we entertain these demons. And that's that's what has happened. That's what has happened to a lot of people. They sit around and, and I tell people, I tell people that, that God has called to walk with me. Don't sit up and listen to everything that people got to say about me. Now, it's not because of my own ego, my pride, or anything like that. Because I'll I be the first to tell you, I'm jacked up from the head down to the fluff. <laughs> you know, it's some flaws that prophet has got to work on, and I try. But if you sit up under the influence of these demons that don't want to see you progress, and they start running my name in the ground, guess what? It's going to go from your ear to your head to your soul. And it's going to affect what God has for you. I watched it happen. I, when I went to, um, I was under the ministry of Word of Deliverance. And uh, the bishop there was Bishop Bobby Hilton and, and his wife, uh, Pastor Valda. And, and I've always had a closer relationship uh, to Pastor Valda. Uh, uh, but Bishop, you know, not so much. And I watched how the people of God began to destroy his character, began to talk about him and drag his name. And so many members, I believe, I personally believe, left that ministry prematurely. Not because the man of God was perfect or that he walked perfectly, right? But that he was righteous in the sense that the intercessors, those with the anointing who were supposed to be on post and not on their job, they stopped praying and started gossiping. They stopped covering and started judging. Now, don't go there with me and say, judge not lest you be judged. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they they had unwarranted ungodly judgment against the man of God. Now, is he where he needs to be today? I don't know. The ministry had become so chaotic and so, uh, (coughs) I would say, demonic when it comes to 
some of the practices I was witnessing uh, amongst the people. And it got so much to the point that I had to go. But I'm saying those who God had called to that ministry had to give me a cough drop. This cough since this last bout of, of COVID is, is really getting on my nerves. It's just an annoyance. Um, it comes every now and then. It's not as consistent as it used to be. Uh, but I have to put these uh, cough drops in my mouth. And my baby got me the the uh, sugar-free ones, so they taste funny. <laughs> but I guess it's good for me. But anyway... Uh, they had begun to run the man of God's name into the ground. And so those who were on post to keep the, the, the ministry undergirded, they left. And so the covering left with them, I believe. And, and all chaos and all kinds of stuff happened. So be careful. Be careful what you listen to. And be careful what you add to the story. Sometimes we just want to add stuff. We want to add stuff. God ain't tell Eve all of that. He just said, don't eat from it. She talking about, well, he said, don't eat and don't touch. You are already open to a lie because you started out by the lie. So now you're open to hearing the lie that the enemy wants to tell you. Then Satan said to Eve, he said, surely you will not die. He denied God's truth. And what he was saying, what he really was saying was he was calling, he was outright calling God a liar. He was outright calling God a liar. How are you going to say? Now, he done said, if you eat from the tree, surely you will die. And see, this is the thing that people, you know, it, it, it bothers me that we would we would quickly believe a lie, but we would, we are slow to accepting the truth. Somebody come and tell you a lie and the prophet, the, the mouthpiece of God come and tell you, listen, I, I got to send you this warning. We talked about Ezekiel when he was trying to warn them. He said, I got to send you this warning. And up until the day of judgment, here they are still doing the same thing because we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. The most difficult uh, part of my assignment in the earth as a prophet it's that God will expose things to me. He will show things to me. And I have to be the mouthpiece. I got to come and tell. Well, look, I wouldn't go there. God's up. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you, you, you better not do it. God wants more for you. And it'd be so challenging because, you know, I don't want to have people uh, feeling that I'm, you know, treating them a certain way or judging them a certain way. But I got to I got to tell you what God says. God hates sin. He absolutely hates sin. So anyway, the enemy was calling uh, God a liar. Then he said that eating of the fruit was a good thing and it would be helpful to them. Now, how you going to go? First of all, you don't call God. You you don't you don't lie on God. Then you try to deflect and project what you doing on God and who you are because you a liar. You're going to turn around and say, uh, no, God is lying. Then you're going to totally turn around. 
what is evil and turn it into good. You're going to tell them that this fruit is good and helpful for them. And God said it's, it will it will cause them to die. Look at the enemy. He's going to turn a truth into a total, total polar opposite lie. He wanted uh, Eve to rebel against God just like he did. See, y'all better watch people. Y'all better watch them. Y'all better watch them. The, the, the individuals I was talking about earlier who had tried to run my name through the ground and, and tell people don't, don't go on that prayer line or, or trying to set up times to do things with the family at the same time of the prayer line. You know, those same individuals, they didn't want folks to get delivered because they were suffering and needed deliverance. So you want to stand in the way of somebody else. You're rebelling against God. You're walking in disobedience. You are out of order. You are out of order. And so you want the whole host of of heaven or at least one third to come with you. Y'all better stop. Y'all better stop. Especially, listen, let me be very clear. Let me be very clear. God has a purpose and a plan in this season. And if I was you, I would find what God's plan is for you and I would walk in it. It's a dangerous time to be outside of the will of God. It is a very dangerous time because there are many that are dropping off this earth. They're dying. They are dying and not saved and not saved because they are living up until the day of the uh, of, of judgment, up until the day of judgment and just living a merry old way and not walking in God's will. And next thing you know, they're not here. I love the fact that when we were uh, in uh, talking about Noah in Genesis and we were talking about Noah and how God, because of his mercy, my goodness, he extended to them. He said, look, I'm, I'm going to give y'all 120 years because this 900 year thing, y'all just too evil. <laughs> I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to cut it down. Give y'all 120 years because of his mercy. He wanted to give them an opportunity to turn from their ways. Some of us still hanging on today, living today with whatever quality of life we get because God's mercy. He wants us to repent and turn from our ways and seek his face and turn towards him. I told y'all before, I'm just learning. The more I mature in Christ and the more I get older and just see, you know, uh, cycles of things happening over life, I realize that life and death, the way that we view it, is not the same for God. He doesn't see it the same. And so if we live 100 years or if we live 10 days, So long as God gets the glory out of your life, it's all the same to him. He doesn't put the same time span on life that we do. If that was the case, Jesus would have lived 100. He would have went back to living 900 years. But between 36, 33, you know, depending on who you talk to, that was all he had in the earth. 
many of the great uh, 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 spiritual uh, uh, examples that God gave in our modern day time, many of them died young. Now, I'm not uh, uh, petitioning for any of us to die soon, (laughs) you know, or young, or saying that that's a badge of honor or, or a symbol of God's mark on you. I'm just saying that he doesn't see it the same way that we do. And some of us, God is waiting for you to turn, to turn before it is too late. I would not play with God in this season, I'm telling you. I'm telling you because he's preparing us. He's preparing us. Um, And it's time for our faith to grow. It's time for our faith to grow because we know that we will not make it in without faith. Some folks tell you that works is what gets you into heaven, but that's a lie. That is a lie. God set it up that we wouldn't be able to depend on our own works because he wanted to get all the glory out of salvation. The word of God tells us that, uh, is it in, in James? It talks about uh, faith and works. Faith is a byproduct. I mean, works are a byproduct of your faith. It is a byproduct of your faith. That's why the word of God says faith without works is dead. Because if you say you got faith, but you ain't got no work to put behind it, you ain't got no faith. You ain't got no faith. It's a dead faith. Because your faith will cause you to do the work. But work ain't going to get you into heaven. Work ain't going to get you into heaven. You better ask some of these preachers that went on to hell. I was reading something earlier today. Uh, A a very famous televangelist getting out there want to give his testimony. Now that his family done fell apart, his wife you know, left them, but they reconciled. The children all jacked up and screwed up. And he want to say that it was the cost or the price of his anointing. The devil is a liar. That wasn't no anointing. You were a manipulator and a con artist. God did not call you to that platform because see the thing about God, God knows us even when we don't want to tell who we are ourselves. We want to hide who we are just like the enemy. He hid who he was in the serpent. If he would have just flat out came to Eve as, as Lucifer, she wouldn't have had nothing to do with him. I promise you that. But here this demon, he wanted to hide himself under the guise of being a preacher, a prophet, a man of God. Manipulating hundreds of thousands, I would even say upwards to millions of people. Manipulating them, knowing that the things that he pre- pre- uh, confessed and, and, and professed, in his ministry, he didn't even believe it for himself. He didn't even believe it for himself, but he knew that it was a gimmick and a way to manipulate God's people out of their money. And as a result, his family fell apart, drug addict, cocaine addict. He messing around with other famous um televangelists. All this stuff got exposed. God said, enough is enough. I'm going to expose you. I'm going to show just exactly who you are, you little slithering uh, uh, serpent. You standing upright, I'm going to put you on the ground, put you way down. 
so that the seed can stop on your head. And so he went through a season where he lost everything, lost his wealth, lost his family. And so I guess he got the memo. He said, look, this wife thing, you know, that's working for me. That helped me in ministry. I better get this back together. But I just, I don't know. I got so irritated. And then I had the nerve to read. Uh, well, I didn't read it all through. No, uh-uh. Because I stopped. I said, I ain't about to read this foolishness. But I read enough that I got myself all agitated for nothing. Because I said, these people still representing this joker like he came from God. No, from the beginning, he was the, he came from his father, his father of lies. So anyway, uh, where was I? I'll <laughs> be going down this path. So, so, so Eve, he wanted Eve to rebel against God, just like he did. He, you know, misery loves company. You know, we do stuff. We want everybody to go and do it with us. And, get, and, and ain't that part of a cycle of his personality? Here this demon, you up in heaven, you done allowed iniquity to get into you. And now you want to be like God and you feel like you better than God and you should be able to uh, uh, be a God. You go and, and coerce a whole, well, convince a whole third of the uh, angels to come and be with you. He ain't changed his he ain't changed his stripes, little demon. But anyway, he wanted to become God. And so now he told Eve that she could be just like God. Look at him. Same thing he's struggling with. He want to come and tell you, now you already, you already learned the lesson that you can't be like God because he don't kick you out of heaven. You live in the consequences every day and then you want to try to turn around and try to get somebody else to think that they can be what God told you you can't be. Stop it. Stop it. When, listen, when I tell you we are going to be held accountable at the day of judgment, at the day of judgment, we are leading people astray. We are manipulating people. And I'm talking about full-fledged knowing what we're doing. You know what you're doing. Lying to people and, and leading them astray. But Eve, you know, in, in her... I'm not going to call her ignorant, you know, because I respect my elders. But, you know, she ate of the fruit. And she was deceived by the enemy. And she, she, in her mind, she thought, she really thought, I believe she thought that she was doing something good. She thought that she was doing something good. Do you know many of us are going to be good to hell? <laughs> we're going to be so good to hell because our intentions are good. We think we're doing good, but we learned <coughs> with Cain and Abel. You can't come to God any kind of way. You can't just give him what you think he wants to have when he done already told you what to do. So, so she thought she was doing something good, so she went on and gave her husband something. Look at how that demon worked. Look at how that demon worked. Start out with an identity crisis. Here you go, thinking you God. You want to be God. You done messed up in heaven. You done got kicked out and got a whole third of, host of, of heaven. The, the angels kicked out with you. Then you want to go and hide yourself in a serpent because you know you can't come in your own in your own identity. 
Ain't, ain't that something? These demons, they don't even know who they are. You can't come in your own, own identity, so you got to hide behind. It, it, and this is one that folk do with me a lot of times. A lot of times they hide behind. Uh, um, how do I say this? I, I got it in my head. Let me see. How do I say this? They pretend like they closer to me than they really are so they can get close to folk. They pretend like they know me better than they do or that we cooler than we are so that the people on the outside will think that they have a rapport or a relationship with me or that they are an authority over something concerning how I think, how I feel, or who I am. And that that's that's how that demon get close to the ones that God has sent to me. They act like they are uh, familiar with me or close enough. No, uh-uh. Because if the truth be told, I don't mess with you. I don't fool with you. I'm nice to you. I'm cordial with you. But I don't mess with you because I see the demon in you. Now, I will try to help you. So don't get that twisted or get it wrong. I will try to aid you or assist you because God has called me to you. But as far as us having a rapport, uh-uh, I don't fool with you because I know you're dirty. I know you're evil. I know that you are demonic. I don't fool with you. <laughs> but you give folks the impression that you, that we cool and you know me. No, you don't know me. You, you know what you think about me, but you don't know me. Why did I go down that path? Because I still was talking about something. <laughs> so Eve went on and, and gave Adam, you know, the fruit. And, uh, and, and he ate of it. He ate of it. He knew immediately that he was doing something wrong. He was, he wasn't deceived. Eve was deceived. And, and part of why I believe that she was deceived by the enemy is because she did not outright receive the direct instruction from God. That was the revelation that God had given me as we had gone through this again. I'm telling you, we done heard the story of creation over and over and over again. I've read it many, many times, but every time God shows me something different. But when I think about or ponder the fact that she didn't get the instruction herself, I can understand why she was deceived. Now, that's not to say that she shouldn't have listened to her husband. Or received the word from him, but he got it firsthand. That's why when he ate the fruit, that's why it was, he. it's almost like, you know, when you have your kids and one of them know better and the other one really don't. And you get on the one that knew better, even though they did it last. Or you, well, mine, you ain't get this one like you got me. Well, that's because I told you not to do it. Now, I'm going to get that one, but you, you really going to get it. Because I told you, and you still did it. Adam knew. He knew that he was being deceived, and he did it anyway. And immediately he knew that something was wrong. He knew that something was wrong, but he did not want to obey God. He wanted to be in charge of his own life. That was, that was the beginning of him losing his identity. He got confused about who he was. <laughs> Here you are in this beautiful place that God provided for you. 
He created you. You're walking with him. You are walking in his identity. You are walking in dominion, full control over everything. I'm talking about the weather is nice. You ain't got to want want for nothing. You ain't got to hunt for nothing. And you turn around and all the work you do is like vacation pleasure. And then you want to walk around here. <laughs> now you done got so comfortable. Mm. It's not mean to bite that. <laughs> and you want to you wanna do things your way. You want to be disobedient to God. And, and uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, the word of God says, And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in transgression. Adam was outright rebellious against God. We know that sin separated God from man. Because man sinned, he had to die. The wages of sin is what? Death. That ain't changed. Sin separates man from the source of life. Isaiah 59 and 2 tells us, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. See, we got to read the word. We got to get in the word. Because we go around here and say, nothing can separate me from God. That's a lie. That's a lie. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. But here in Isaiah 59 and 2, it tells us that but your iniquities have separated between you and God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We be praying all these prayers God ain't hearing. Because you're walking in sin. You're living in iniquity. God is holy. God is holy and he cannot accept sin, nor can he, nor will he fellowship with anyone who is rebellious against him. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. He hates all unrighteousness and he punishes disobedience with what? Death. With death. Romans 6 and 23, it tells us, for the wages of sin is death. It is death. Now, mama, you know, might accept your sin against her. May even deal with you again when you rebel. I'm I'm that type of mama. (laughs) I I ain't fooling with you. You better get it right. You want to come into my presence. I I, I said uh, maybe a couple of years ago, this little slogan in my head caught on. To my life. My love for you is unconditional. But my presence and presence around me is not. You, if you can't come, correct with respect. And I'm not a hoarding type mother, you know, uh, uh, overbearing or anything. I don't try to micromanage my kids' life. I don't try to, you know, get in. I I have an opinion. If you don't want to hear my opinion, don't you ask the question. And sometimes I might give an unwarranted opinion, but guess what? As soon as you let me know you don't want to hear it no more, I ain't going to tell you. I'm going to sit back and watch and let the world teach you what I tried to tell you. But I'm the type of parent, if you cannot respect me, 
If you and I define what respect is, I can love you from afar. <laughs> I be tapping into my kids. I'm telling you, I'm like the FBI. It's like I got a phone tap in, in every one of their lives. I know what's going on, you know, as much as almost all the time because I'm constantly praying. But I can I can I can be separated, trust me. You want to disrespect me until you mature? Baby, I got time and so do you. I pray that your time don't don't uh wind up. I pray that your time don't end before I leave the face of this earth and you receive all that I have to impart into you, all of the love that I have to give to you. I pray that you don't miss out on that. I'm telling you, boy, I've suffered the loss of a mother and a father. And I had the most contentious relationship with my dad. He and I just, I'm telling you, we did not for years did not see eye to eye towards the end, he began to try to reconcile that relationship. He, I remember one day we talked and he cried and I cried and he was telling me how he apologized for all the years of abuse that he put me through. And when I watched that man go into the ground, when I tell you, and I mean this, I mean this, I would take him back today at his worst day if I could just have him here one one more time. If I could just see him again, if I could just touch him again, if I could just hear his voice in the flesh. Same thing with my mother. Years I took for granted. I said, oh, she'd be, you know, it'd be all right. The one thing for me, I just, oh, I couldn't stand going to Detroit. I just, I detest going to Detroit because I've had so many uh, bad experiences there, so many challenges, you know, with the family and friends and everything. Well, I'm not going to say friends, but, you know, relationships. And so I never really wanted to go back. But I know that over the years, my mother desired to, you know, have me come and spend time with her because I'm the same way about my kids. Now, I don't want you here 24-7. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, sometimes. But uh, I, I just took for granted. I took for granted that she would be here forever. Over the, the Thanksgiving holiday, I, you know, and, and, and this bothered me after she passed. I had planned for her to be here. And I just, the, the anxiety and the anxiousness of having to go to Detroit I said, I don't want to drive. I knew I was going to have to drive by myself because my husband, you know, we were going to split and he was going to go with his family. I was going to do my thing. I did not want to drive. So I got my mom a flight and I didn't know she was as sick as she was. And I just assumed, I said, hey, she, she be okay. She can get on that flight. And she wasn't able to do it. She wasn't able to come. She had gotten so sick during that time. And she kept saying, well, Don, I really want to come, but I can't. And, and I still, because I couldn't see her. I couldn't see her. But anyway, we talk about Adam and Eve. Um, and um, I forget where I was <laughs> in my notes. I think, I think I was talking about the wages of sin being uh, death. 
and how Adam immediately died spiritually. Immediately died spiritually. We think that because the consequences of our actions don't come to us physically immediately, that they don't happen. But he died immediately spiritually and he was separated from God. And because of that separation from him and God, he would eventually die. And it was because of his sin that he desired to be punished. I mean, he deserved to be punished eternally in the lake of fire. So he he died uh, and because of his separation from God. Because of his separation from God, a lot of us are separated from God because we continue to live in sin. And we think that because we ain't physically dead, that we are right. Okay, God knows my heart. I'm going to get it together in another week or, or, or whatever. But you don't even understand that separation between you and God is going to cause you to continue to feed your fleshly desires, which eventually is going to lead to a physical death. We got to repent and turn. We got to repent and turn. Adam and Eve's sin made them feel guilty and ashamed. And they tried to cover themselves up. They, they, they lied. And then they tried to cover themselves up with leaves. And they done made their own covering. Ain't that, ain't that something? When we, when we sin and we feel guilty and ashamed, then we want to cover ourselves not understanding that we've been covered under the blood. They were afraid of God. Now, it ain't nothing wrong with having a healthy fear of God, but they were afraid of God like you're afraid of the boogeyman. And they tried to hide from him, but you can never hide from God because he sees all things. He knows all things. And we know that you just, you can't cover your sin by the works that you do. Only God can cover your sins. We think that, okay, God, I'm I, all right. I'm going to still live in sin. I'm going to live. I'm going to backslide. You know, I tell of my testimony when I was uh, younger, started having babies when I was 17 to the age of 28. And all of my children were conceived and born out of wedlock. And, well, wait a minute. Uh, no, no, no. The last one was born in wedlock, but he was conceived outside of wedlock. But one thing about it, every time I would backslide, I get pregnant. Every single solitary time. And I'm walking around just, oh, I love this man. God, I just love this man. I want to be with this man. And every time I try to negotiate something with God, okay, well, I just work in the ministry. I just go and evangelize. I go pastor, you know, I was at uh, uh, Refreshing Spring uh, back then. You know, pastor called us to to go sing and we go into a church to sing and we go on to minister and, and serve and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking that's good enough. Even though when the belly starts showing or when they found that I was pregnant, I get sat down. <laughs> y'all, y'all sit me down, but such and such, he's still going. And we all know that his baby is somebody's, you know, in the church. But anyway, 
Uh, we, we try to use our works to cover our sin. But, but we have to realize that it is only God who can cover our sin. And Satan deceives people the same way he did back in the Garden of Eden. He does it the same way by lying. He lies and he hides who he really is. And he tells us to doubt God. Listen, listen. If you want a checklist of items to check for, when when Satan come, he come he came in the body of a serpent back then. But sometimes he come in these little lizards that we walking around with. <laughs> these human beings. You know, he coming now. So if ever you want to know that the enemy is coming, the first thing he does is he lies. He tries to deceive you through lying. And then he want to hide who he really is. He wants to cause us to doubt God. And he wants to make what looks good, what is We want to because uh, this thing cut me off. <laughs> but I think I think before I got cut off, I was just talking about how um, these things participated in things like witchcraft or, or certain musics and I was trying to say, you know, rock and roll, hip hop, R and B. Uh, and even some of the gospel songs that we listen to that that are not, they're, they're anti-Christ. They're blaspheming against God. They have nothing to do with God and everything about these people wanting to build a platform and manipulate the people of God out of their money. Uh, drugs and pornography, horoscopes, fortune telling, uh, palm readers. And I talked about how I had to cut off, you know, some of, even some of these ministers. That, that I was uh, adding to my daily devotionals because I started to replace the voice of God with the voice of their word. And so, uh, you know, I had to cut them off. But we have to know that the enemy, he will speak to our mind. He will speak to our minds and tell us lies. And he will send people to us to lie to us. And because of our own sinful nature, we are in tune and inclined to listen to the lies of the enemy. He'll even be bold enough to approach us openly and we still will receive him. But we have to know that everything that God said about sin is true. And God will always tell us the truth simply because he cannot lie. He cannot lie. But I want you to know that the devil, Satan, Lucifer, he hates you. He wants to destroy your life. And it ain't no two ways about it. He hates you and he wants to destroy you. God loves you. And he wants you to have a wonderful life. He wants you to have a life that is fulfilled. 
He wants you to have a, a life that is free and liberating. And the enemy wants you to believe that you ought to be bound. That's why, that's why the enemy will try so hard to separate you from the people that God has sent to draw you into your deliverance. I'm telling you, I wish sometimes I just be wanting to shake people and say, get away from them. They don't want to see you have nothing because they ain't got nothing. They don't want to see you prosper because they can't prosper. They are under the curse of disobedience. And because of their disobedience and what they have sown in their lives, they are reaping and will reap until the day that they leave this earth. Always aborting accomplishment. Always aborting prosperity. They ain't never been nothing and ain't going to ever be nothing. And because they know that, they want to drag you down with them. Ain't that like the demon devil dog that we know? <laughs> Adam and Eve's sin is called the fall of man. It is the greatest tragedy of human history. And their sin has caused suffering, death, sickness, war, conflict, broken homes, and a lot of the troubles that we see and feel today. It's, it's the truth. It is the truth. We have to acknowledge it. We have to know it. And we have to walk accordingly. I pray that this was a message that helped you to, to uh, expand your knowledge on what we're learning. I think and praise God for each of you who are under the sound of my voice. I got to stop for a minute because a couple of times I got distracted. My husband was coming in the room. I need to go see what he's trying to do. And then I'm going to come back. I think I'm going to do another supplement today. I know my girl's trying to get to uh, get their lashes done uh, in a little bit. So we'll see how that works. But I praise and thank God for each of you, and I pray that this has been a blessing. Father God, touch and keep and bless everybody under the sound of my voice. Let your word become alive inside of us, Father. Let us feel your love. Let us feel the prayers of the righteous. Let us know that you are a loving and kind God, that you are a merciful and a graceful God, and that you love us. And we can lean and depend on you for any and everything in our lives. Father God, help help us to receive your word. Continue to uh, impart in us. We welcome you. We ask for your glory. We ask for your love. We ask that you will continue to reign over our lives. Father, we seal this prayer through our faith and we ask for immediate manifestation of your glory and that you will dispatch your angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen.